0: On today's Locked On Jayhawks, we preview Kansas Iowa State's second meeting between the Jayhawks and the Cyclones. How's this one going to go? Well, let's you are Locked On Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Johnson, you can hear me on Rock Chuck Sports Talk with KLWN Monday through Friday, three to six on KLWN in Lawrence. Thanks for making Locked On Jayhawks your first listen every day, free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. And on today's edition of Locked On Jayhawks, we're previewing Kansas versus Iowa State, or I guess it's Kansas at Iowa State in Ames. You have two top 20 teams in the AP poll, two teams who are top 20 in Ken Palm. You have two teams who are up at the top of the Big 12 standings. Kansas won the first meeting. Should be a good go-around here in meeting number two. But first, this episode of Locked on Jayhawk is brought to you by Fan Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today. Kansas at Iowa State in Ames. It's an eleven o'clock kick off or tip-off, so uh, early morning tip-off. You can actually hear pregame starting at nine thirty over on KLWN and 105.9 five nine Kiss. And uh, our top storylines headed into the game between Kansas and Iowa State. It's the crowded top of the Big Twelve. So right now, Texas sits in first all by themselves. They're seven and two in Big Twelve play. Then you have the cluster of teams behind them. By my calculation, there's six teams competing for the Big Twelve title right now. Um, Baylor is certainly in the toughest position at the moment. They're five and four, but it's still only two games back with more than, you know, a, a handful of games to go with with double the schedule to go. We're right at the halfway point. And then you have the four teams sitting one game behind Texas, Kansas State, Kansas, Iowa State, and then uh, TCU, who's kind of lurking there and, and has really gotten hot here of late. Um, so you have two teams tied for second, and for Texas, they have a tough game. They're at Kansas State. Kansas State beat Texas down in Austin earlier this season. That was kind of a wake-up call for how good this Kansas State team was going to be. We'll see if Texas wins or lose that game, but if Texas wins that game, it really puts a lot of pressure on this game, and obviously we won't know the score because this is the early game between Kansas and Iowa State, but you know, retroactively it would put a lot of pressure on somebody to win this game because if Texas beats Kansas State, in manhattan the loser of this game now drops the two games behind texas with eight to go again not overcomable if that's not a word but whatever um but basically if you win this game you keep pace and now if texas loses at kansas state then you get into a gigantic mess up at the top because at that point kansas state would be tied with texas winner of this game would be tied with texas and we'll wait and see what happens with tcu over the weekend too Um, But two teams tied for the top of the Big 12, and that has repercussions for Big 12 title race. It has repercussions for possible Big 12 seeding in the Big 12 tournament as possible NCAA tournament repercussions with two teams fighting for higher seeding there. Number two on the big storylines is can Kansas sweep Iowa State? You won the first meeting against them in Lawrence. And last season was similar to this season. You win both games in Lawrence in very close games i think 63 to 60 was the score this year i think last year was 62 to 61 very low scoring games games that were similar came down to kind of you know an unsung hero hitting a late shot for you last year it was Dwan harris this year it was kj adams and then last season you went to ames on a weeknight you were without ochag baji who had covid so he missed the game. And it was like, oh, no, how, how are they going to win this game? I think they won 70-61 to 61 in Ames. Joe Yesifu had a nice performance playing more minutes because Baji wasn't able to play. We'll see if Joe can you know, have a similar performance in Ames or if the bench can to what they did last game against Kansas State. And if they can get another sweep, this one, just as important as any sweep would be, just because you are trying to kind of keep tight in that Big 12 title race. And Iowa State is certainly a part of it as well. For Iowa State, their storyline right now is, kind of trying to bounce back. They have uh, lost four of their last six games since they started 4-0 and in Big 12 play, and then they suffered that first loss to Kansas. Um, but recently in their last two games, too, they've lost both. They had a 17-point loss to Missouri. And, yes, Caleb Grail was out for that game. Like, he's been battling through some injury stuff, and they just figured, well, this doesn't mean anything for the Big 12 title race. Like, he played the game before through the injury against Kansas State. Like, we'll just sit him out but they still lost by 17, even if Caleb Grill plays. I don't know if you win that game. Then you have an overtime loss at Texas Tech, um, a game that that you blew that you probably didn't really have any business losing. So they're trying to get back on the right track above everything else. But we're going to see this for all the Big 12 teams. We, We just saw for Kansas losing three straight. We saw it for Baylor at the start of Big 12 play, losing three straight. The Big 12, the schedule is so difficult that if you even have one little thing go wrong, you even have one little bad stretch of play, you're going to get punished for it in the loss column. You're not just going to have a stretch where you go, "Oh man, maybe we went 2 and 2 instead of going 3 and 1 or 4." Now, go 0 oh, and 4 in those games and, and we're seeing that the last couple of games maybe for Iowa State just kind of a tough schedule, but uh, we'll see if they can bounce back. For Kansas, they're looking to kind of stay on a roll after getting off of their bounce back. Uh, injury concerns is certainly a top storyline headed into this game too. I talked about Caleb Grail, he's been battling injuries, really important piece for Iowa State with his ability to stretch the floor, shoot the basketball. And for an Iowa State team that is so good defensively, you know Gabe Kausher has been unbelievable in Big 12 play. Uh, Jaron Holmes is a solid player for them that can get some tough buckets. But what really takes them over the top is when Caleb Grill is hitting shots. So he's been battling through injuries that's tough for them. For Kansas, they're certainly battling the injury bug too. Kevin McCuller battling you know, the, the ankle that he suffered, the the rolled ankle against Kentucky, and then he, I, I forget if it was like a finger or a wrist that he suffered the injury against Kansas State, but kind of played through it. So he's battling injuries. Bobby Pettiford uh, took himself out of the game against Kansas State with like a, a hamstring injury, came back in later, so maybe that's a good sign, but clearly something to keep an eye on that he's battling. Zuby Edgifer missed the Kansas State game with an ankle injury that he suffered against Kentucky. I wouldn't imagine he's going to be back for this game. Cam Martin, and Kyle Cuff have been battling their kind of season long injuries. And then any other Knicks, bruises to any of the guys playing high minutes, like Dewan Harris and Jalen Wilson, the Bill Self kind of mentioned at a recent press conference, like after the Kansas State game, that like those those guys need rest too. They're gonna need some some time off. So uh certainly the injury bug, the wear and tear of the Big 12 season, how difficult it is, could play a storyline. Into this game. Let's get on to our Iowa State scouting report and dive into what happened in the first go around between these two teams. Maybe any lessons that we can take away for this matchup in just a second. But first, this Locked on JX is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America with FanDuel. And if you're new, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and super easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. They let you bet on everything from money line to point spreads. Who's going to score a touchdown? Um, I know I like betting on uh, with, with some of the, games of who's going to score 10 plus points who's going to score 15 plus points you can take over under rebounds and do these same game parlays to make the games a little bit more fun the sportsbook app from fanduel is safe secure and super easy best of all you get paid instantly with your winnings So join fanduel today at locked or, or i'm sorry fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com/slash locked on. Make every moment more FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Um, disclaimer in the details section. Kansas takes on Iowa State as far as the scout for Iowa State. We'll get to that in a second. But what happened in the first meeting between these two teams? Well, Kansas won one possession ball game. You had the stop at the end of the game where uh Kansas was trying to foul up three after you K.J. Know, Adams hits the big bucket, and then uh, you make a stop, you go down, you only hit, I think, one of the two free throws, so at that point, you're up three, Iowa State has the ball, and Bobby Pettiford was trying to foul, but he didn't get it originally, then by the time Caleb Grail starts to shoot the shot, Bobby Pettiford's not touching him, and he tries to sell the foul, and maybe that made him miss it, because he just missed it off kind of the left iron to try to tie the game, so Um, In the end, Kansas wins a close game. K.J. Adams, again, had that kind of game winner. He was huge all game, 15 points, six rebounds. He was awesome for KU. Uh, Kansas had just 12 turnovers, which, you know, it's not like a low number, but it's certainly not a high number, and especially certainly not a high number when you're playing Iowa State, who is elite, 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 had forcing turnovers this season. Kansas struggled shooting in that game. They went six of 21 from three, but they had some open looks. Like Kevin McCuller missed a lot of open looks for you. And it was basically just Grady Dick making all your threes. Grady went off for Kansas. He had 21 points. He went five of nine from three. The rest of the team went one of 12. And some of them were contested. Some of them were open. So I would expect KU to have a better shooting game this go-around, which could be obviously a positive. Just 12 of 20 on free throws, too, for Kansas, 60%. You would expect that to be better in this game, too. Now, Kevin, Jalen, and Dewan kind of struggled offensively in that game. Um, 24 points combined. Most of those are from Jalen. Eight of 24 from the floor between those three. Dewan did have a, a good enough impact in other ways in the game. Kevin was still good defensively, but obviously the shots weren't falling for those guys. You're probably going to need them to a little bit better in the game in Ames. And I kind of expect them to. You had just two bench points. They were from Zach Clements. Got to get more than that in this game. You had 19 against Kansas State. You're most in a Big 12 game. We'll see how much that carries over. Also, something to, to note from that game. Iowa State's been a good offensive rebounding team. They dominated the offensive glass early. I think at one point it was like 10 to zero in offensive rebounds. KU ended up tightening it up and made some key offensive rebounds late in the game in the final few minutes to get them extra possessions and to get some key buckets. Um, Iowa State, I think, still ended up winning the offensive rebound battle like 13-6, to but Iowa State still ended up having an advantage there, and Osun Osuni. Had 14 points, six rebounds in just 19 minutes of play. He was really good on the offensive end for Iowa State. Gabe Kalsher went off as he kind of has all Big 12 play. He had 23 points, but nobody else for Iowa State besides Kalsher and Ossine had more than seven points for the Cyclone. So it's a pretty good defense around that for KU. As far as what they are, Iowa State comes in at 15 and six. Uh, they're ranked 18th on Ken Palm on the season. They're six and three in Big 12 play. I mentioned some of their recent struggles, but right before that, they had beaten Kansas State 80-76 to at home, so very good win right before that. They're 64th on offense. They're 11th on defense. They play at a slow tempo. That can always be a little bit worrisome in a game for KU. As far as what they do well, don't do well offensively when you look at Big 12-only games, if we want to take that sample, because sometimes I think that can maybe be a little bit more I don't know, interactive with with what you're doing against common opponents. But in Big 12 only play, they're second in offense and they're third in defense. And a big reason why is they've been shooting the ball so well, led by Gabe Kalsher. In Big 12 only play, Kalsher's averaging over 18 points per game, shooting 41% from three. He's been lights out. As a team, Iowa State's at 38% from three in Big 12 only play. That is first in The conference, they're also fourth in two-point percentage in Big 12 play. They haven't shot free throws well, but they're number one in effective field goal rate. They're number two in offensive rebound rate in Big 12 play. They don't get to the free throw line a lot. They do turn the ball over. So Kansas is going to have an opportunity to get some turnovers and maybe some easy buckets off of it. But they've been shooting really well in conference play. When they're not shooting well from three, that's when their troubles really come in because they don't have maybe as many ways to score. Though Oseny was really good on the block last game against kansas defensively um elite at turnovers they're number one in big 12 play in in turnover rate defensively and they're number one in the country overall for all their games in turnover rate defensively that includes them being top five in both non-steel turnover rate and steel turnover rate um they just do everything to force turnovers they have struggled with fouling they foul teams a lot they're last in the conference in foul rate but they've been really good on the defensive glass Overall for the season, they've been kind of average there, but in Big 12 only play, they're number one. So they've shored that up. The, the one thing they've given up is, is they're seventh in the conference in two-point rate defensively, kind of average on the season. So overall, a very good defense for Iowa State. But the main key for Kansas: if you can hold on to the ball, you can be okay. It's just they make it very, very difficult to do that, and they'll throw out that one-three-one zone. And they have you know all sorts of length and height, and they're active, they play so hard, they're physical. It's a very good Iowa State team, and this should be a very tough matchup for KU on Saturday to try to get the sweep. All right, we're going to finish up with our matchups of the game, but first, Hawks is brought to you by Biller. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories, then you got to try Bilt Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal, I'm sure with many others, is to eat a little healthier this year. And if you're like me, where you want to eat a little healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then you got to try Bilt Bar. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. They're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you, but they are. They're perfect for New Year's resolutions. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. But back to the healthy part, they have amazing macros and they're only 130 calories with four grams and a whopping 17 grams good for you too. And now you don't need to wait around, you know, for years been talking about, you can order them at built.com and to be clear. You can order them at built.com whenever you want, but you can also go into the store, go to Walmart or Sam's club and find your built bars today you can get a four bar box at Walmart got cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs or you can go to Sam's Club get a 13 bar box, take flavors like brownie batter, churro, eat later with Bill Bar. Finishing things up with our matchups of the game here. Uh by the way, I am going to be out of town on Monday, so I won't have a reaction show up for Iowa State. I am going to pre-record a preview for the texas game that's going to come out on sunday so i won't know the result of the iowa state game we won't be able to factor that in but it'll at least give you a little bit of a preview of that texas game and then on tuesday we'll recap both iowa state and texas um moving ahead maybe we'll split it up into two episodes maybe we'll do it all into one i don't know um but just keep an eye for that and that would be why there won't be an episode out on monday so matchups of the game for iowa state number one dewan harris versus the iowa state pressure Kansas had just 12 turnovers against Iowa State. That's a really good number against a team who was number one in the country in forcing turnovers. DeWan didn't score in the first meeting with Iowa State. He was just 0 for 2. He didn't really even try to score that often. But it was still a great game for him. Like, we put him in our good goats after that game. The reason why, he had six assists. He had just two turnovers against that number one turnover defense. And he just all game long helped KU stay calm. He helped them stay collected. And he helped them avoid that giant turnover game. When DeWan's on the floor, you just feel like you're always going to be in the right situation. And when you're going up against a team like Iowa State, you really need him to be that guy. And he was in that game. And he converted all his energy to playing defense and to you know facilitating, getting them right, their spots, uh, avoiding that huge turnover game. And that was important for KU. And they were able to win because of it. Uh, the next matchup, is Osen Osenee slash Robert Jones, who's their other big man. They, they both kind of split play against K.J. Adams. So in the first game, both centers really on both teams were able to establish offensive games. For K.J., he was able to use his speed and power and that kind of running banking shot to score 15 points. He also had six rebounds. Osenee was really good in the post hitting hook shots. He had 14.6 rebounds. Robert Jones really struggled from the floor, but he was really good at getting offensive rebounds and creating... Uh, really, noise off the glass. So that center position going to be really fun again. And one of the things that I thought really stood out, like e has been playing great in Big Twelve play. He's averaging like ten and six two blocks per game, shooting sixty percent from the floor. But for KJ, was not just his scoring ability. It was sometimes to a- alleviate pressure against Iowa State. It's not just about the first ball handler. Like one of the things they do so well is that you know Dewan Harris might make the perfect pass but because of what Iowa State does and, and kind of this overhelping, like, I don't know, constantly like swarming you, is that DeWan can make the right first pass, but if the guy who catches that first pass makes the wrong second pass, it's a turnover or it's going to be problematic for KU. There is extra pressure against the way Iowa State plays defense for DeWan to make the right first pass or whoever has it first, but mostly DeWan. and then whoever catches it on the, the first pass to make the right second pass and if you do, a lot of times that will lead to an open shot. And a lot of times we saw it lead to an open three in the corner. So you saw DeWan make a good pass, make the right pass when they got KJ Adams in the high post or on that short roll. And then it was on KJ to decide, do I go up and score? Do I make a pass to somebody else? And we saw a handful of times where he made a great pass off that second and found Kevin McCuller or Grady Dick wide open for a three and Grady hit a couple of them. Kevin struggled to make any of them, but he got open looks for you. So that's an area K.J. Adams really helps you with in a game like this, that you have a good passing center. Normally, you'd get it to your center, and then Iowa State swarms them, and they don't know what to do with the ball, or they turn it over. K.J. processes the game very quickly, and is a good passer from that center spot. really helped you against Iowa State in the first meeting, even though you didn't always knock down the threes. Watch out for that in this game against Iowa State. Um, The next matchup of the game is uh, Kevin McCuller versus Gabe Kalsher. I'm assuming Kevin's gonna be on Gabe, but also we don't know the the full injury status of Kevin McCuller. McCuller struggled offensively against Iowa State with the shot, he went 0 for 5 and 3. There were a couple ugly ones, like one off the side of the backboard, Um, but overall still had a positive impact with his defense and everything. He's gotten his three-point shot looking a little bit better here of late. Three for five the last two games. He hits obviously the clutch one against Kentucky. And if he's on Gabe Kalsher, that's a tough matchup. Kalsher has played very well against Kansas in his career, scored 23 points last game in Allen Fieldhouse. He's been averaging over 18 per game in Big 12 play, shooting over 40% from three. He's kind of been the leader offensively for this Iowa State team of why they've gone from, you know, kind of a solid offense, like above average offense to all of a sudden being one of the best offenses in Big 12 only games. So for Kevin McCuller, trying to kind of cut the head off of the snake, so to speak, trying to limit Gabe Kousher, that should be a really fun matchup. If that is who he's on, obviously KU switches a lot, so it's going to be dependent on that. But I feel like that's going to be the base matchup of what it is going to be for KU. But overall, if you take care of the basketball and you avoid giving up a ton of offensive rebounds or an advantage there, like if KU, you know, they had 13 last time you limit them to to 9, 10, or 11 this time, and you get a handful of your own and um, you keep it down to 12, 13 turnovers again, I think you feel comfortable where you're at, but if those extra possessions start really going Iowa State's way and or you're missing your open threes again, that's where this game becomes problematic. Certainly, if the KU bench is able to build off what they did against Kansas State, you feel good about where KU's at. Same goes for the scoring of Dewan Harris and Kevin McCuller, but you probably need Grady Dick to get back going in a game like this because he was lights out in the first game, kind of struggled shooting the last two games. We'll see if he can get it back going. Sometimes the best way to beat a good defense is to shoot over it. So we'll see uh, with that matchup too for Grady Dick. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. Once again, I will not be here Monday, so won't be able to recap the show. I will be pre-recording a preview for KU Texas that's going to come out Sunday. It won't involve the you know, matchups on Saturday for Texas in the case against Kansas State and Kansas in the case against Iowa State. But we'll get you at least a general preview of what Texas is to be prepared for Big Monday. And then I'll be back on Tuesday and we'll recap some of the action that that we're going to miss. Don't forget, you can check out the show wherever you get any of your podcasts or on YouTube. Subscribe to us if you can. You can find me on Twitter at the Johnson Radio, Chuck Sports Talk, mostly, but not later today because this is going to be coming out on Friday and I'll be out of town. As well. Have a good day. See you on another edition of Locked on Jayhawks on Sunday.